Your insurance needs are as unique as the work you do and the industry you're in. Having the right protection in place is just the start. There's so much you can do to mitigate risks to your business for today and as you grow. At Sovereign Insurance, we're here to help with valuable information, insights, tips, and tools to help you protect your operations. Visit SovereignInsurance.ca to learn more. The more you ship, the more you save. With Canada Post Solutions for Small Business, we'll reward your repeat business with automatic savings. Visit CanadaPost.ca forward slash small business to see how you can start saving up to 34% on shipping in Canada. Building your dream, work-life balance, scaling up, discussing the topics that matter most to entrepreneurs. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada podcast. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across Canada. With day-in-the-life stories and in-their-shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale-up companies and those driving the entrepreneurial movement. The Startup Canada podcast show is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular show listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play Music, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. And you know, one of the great things I love about interviewing amazing rock star entrepreneurs from across the planet is what we learn from them. And that's why I started Go Forth Garage. Go Forth Garage is all about providing you with the resources, the coaching, the mentorship, the programs to help you in your business. Just check us out at goforthgarage.com. That's goforth garage.com ladies and gentlemen whoo it's startup canada podcast time and as always we have the most amazing guests on our show and today this is no exception whatsoever matter of fact i gotta say easily top 10 of the thousands of people that we have interviewed just thrilled to have annie no co-founder and ceo of startup league on today's show Annie is the co-founder and CEO, as I mentioned, of Startup League, which is the first ever educational esports league for students to learn creative problem solving through competition and play. Previously, she was the co-founder and president of ProtoHack, a global innovation education company that she scaled into 30 cities around the world. She's the recipient of BC Business 30 Under 30 and Women Tech Founders Award for Gaming, VR, and AR. Annie, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast show. Thank you so much, Rivers. I'm honored to be here. Well, let's dive first of all into what got you on this journey of uh, of education. What? Because it's it's with ProtoHack and now also with Startup League. What's the uh, what's the thing that resonates with, with your heart that that's a, that's the the way or area you want to play in. Oh, man. Uh, This is probably going to be my favorite question. We're starting (laughs) right away with it. Uh, I guess my my big why in life has always been about uh, empowering others around me with opportunities that I feel so randomly was blessed onto me. Mm. I mean, we talk about how uh, we are born 
having won two lotteries. One is where we were born yeah. into and who we were born uh, into as parents yeah. or our children as. So I think like when we talk about a big why uh, and the work that I do, it's uh, a function of making more opportunities possible for students all around the world. Wow. So was there a point in that journey when I mean, the, the first journey is you're right being won the lottery, but then parents, is there, is there a point in your journey as a child that, that your parents said, wow, she's really into empowering. She's really into giving. She's really into giving through learning. Is there a point in that, uh, in your life that, that that happened? Yeah, I mean, it always seems so much more um, linear um, when you think about things in hindsight. But mm. I can I can sort of remember a few points in my childhood that uh, were remarkable. Uh, the first being uh, going to Vietnam for the first time with my parents. Uh, they invited me one summer in eleventh grade when I was like the the worst child, the worst student possible. No <laughs> way. I know it's, it was crazy. <laughs> like the, the, the change that happened from that trip was just uh, monumental. I got to see uh, what a developing country it looks like. Um, and, you know, mm. really understand what poverty um, is in front of me, sort of 360 constantly. Uh, and then when we were returned to Vancouver, it was just sort of this like understanding that like, holy crap, I have so much available to me. And if it's not in my best interest, it's in everybody's best interest that I like really maximize the opportunity. Yeah, I really love that you shared that. I remember when I went to Europe uh, in my early 20s and I came back to Canada and I, I just said, I wish every child, every kid in high school primarily right. was able to leave Canada and travel the world for about a month and then come back and to realize how lucky we are here exactly. in, this, uh, in this great country that we have. So I love that re that reinforced. My daughter actually spent a year and a half in Ho Chi Minh City oh, cool. uh, teaching English. Yeah, and she loved it. Oh, my gosh she said the Vietnamese people are so so amazing right. and, uh, and I love that you said developing you know it used to be third world but you're right developing because there's amazing stuff that's happening from a enterprise perspective uh, and a society perspective right. in, in countries like uh, Vietnam Korea etc so so that's that's really really cool so what uh, well, you know when you're you're in the business of creating creative problem solving and and why is it so important in education and the future of work to bring in creative problem solving from your perspective? Right. I mean, I grew up in a, a family of uh, immigrants. And so fundamentally, education has been a, you know, a, at the epicenter of my identity. <laughs> and, mm. uh, what I found growing up is like the education system is doing really the absolute best that they can. Uh, but unfortunately, just aren't preparing our students with the, uh, the real world skills uh, and what we like to call today as the entrepreneurial mindset prepared for, mm. uh, yeah, what's what sort of next. And when we talk about that mindset, um, it's like my thesis and our team's thesis has always been that fundamentally it's around creative problem solving. Like whether you're right. pursuing a career in medicine, a career in law or a career in the arts, like functionally uh, a successful person in today's society and tomorrow's society will be uh, a wonderful, fantastic creative problem solver. 
Mm. Yeah, and when by the way, you're being kind to the education system. I like to call them out. And, <laughs> and interesting enough is that it, what I've discovered in my journey, it's not the teachers, it's not the unions, it's the actual education, the government side of education that's really right. holding things back from the people that want to forge forward and do innovative things and, and like bringing entrepreneurship into uh, into the schools. And it's it's getting there. You're right. You're right. But uh, don't let them off the hook, Annie, because right. there's lots more work that. Can <laughs> be done with regards to that creative problem solving and one of the guys that uh, that's part of my world is a guy by the name of Desh Desponde and uh, he's, he was talking about a school in um, in India that that's all they do is creative problem wow. solving like like kids age five and six it says how do you get this spoon as an example from that end of the room to that to the other end of the room without touching it right you know, just so it's always bringing that creative problem solving into there so let's tie in into let's tie into esports first of all with startup league what is what is esports what does that mean yeah so i guess the best way to define esports is uh competitions of skill-based games um you know modern day adaptation of esports i mean it it itself is a is a modern day term something that's quite nascent as an industry um but uh the the real uh the, i guess like a more uh, casual understanding of it is like what the watchability of competitive gaming mm. Mm, I love it. I love it. I love it. And and are you? Would you say you're? Would you, is it fair to say that uh, Startup League is uh, is uh, pioneering that category of education? Yeah. Esports. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, if you Googled it, there's no such thing as educational esports. <laughs> <laughs> but I I'm not going to take all the credit here functionally what we're doing and if we're going to be like intellectually um, honest about it like what we're building today doesn't look like esports it's effectively taking the competitive gaming model from esports um, and introducing it to education so what esports has uh, has done for competitive team sports uh, we would like to do for education and that begins with creative problem solving and so can you give us some examples of, uh, of how Startup League is doing that, bringing that, uh, that education into esports? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so at Startup League, uh, we've built a platform for creative problem-solving games. So much like the competitive team sports model of football or basketball, students are competing in teams after school, real time, and they're rewarded for their curiosity, their empathy, different facets of creative problem solving. And so really like functionally what it looks like is a platform for students to um, meet, play, learn about and compete on creative problem solving games. And so when you say students, what's the what's the avatar of the student that's being attracted to uh, Startup League? Yeah, so the platform is designed exclusively for high school students aged 13 to 18. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and we find that all types of students really love the games that we've developed. Uh, the platform itself appeals to this demographic because really like what we all aspire to do is to be more human. And uh, I would say uh, that humanity is embedded in our desire to be more creative. Um, and students just love that they have this opportunity to express themselves creatively and are effectively being rewarded for it. We give away real cash prizes. So each day, yeah, students are getting e-transfers of anywhere between $5 to $25 nice, for their, nice. for their curiosity and for their empathy. So yeah, I think that's, that's the most exciting part of it all. 
Yeah, because when I when I hear of this journey of Startup League, uh, and I want to talk about the name in a second, right. um, the you know I think about competition yeah. for the for the eyeballs and the mind and the and the hands of this uh, very you know in tuned audience with all kinds of games that they can play, and is it the money that's driving them first of all that they can win, or is it the competition? What's the what's what what's the the value proposition? Position that they're saying, oh my gosh, you guys, my friends, because I'm sure a lot of this is about friends telling friends right. to play this. So what's the what's the the lead in with uh, they say, oh my gosh, this is the best thing? Yeah, so I would say that the uh, initial uh, explanation explanation for virality is around the money. So, you know, as a high school uh-huh. student, access to $5 is uh, quite a challenging thing. And yeah. it's a it's a big thing to celebrate. So uh, students are definitely excited about that piece. But what keeps them around is the opportunity to really have creative output to connect and collaborate with their team members on that output as well, like to be able to um, be in a place with their friends where they are doing all of this stuff uh, that really comes from uh, the team sports experience, you know, the competition, the collaboration, the creativity, um, the, the social, uh, I think that's, what's really exciting. And that, that's part of the reason why we've been able to sustain engagement uh, even beyond like a cohort of students who haven't won a single dollar on the games. Yeah, well, it's a uh, you. It's I. I always say the first order is nice, but boys, oh boys, when you can keep people coming back again and again to buy, that's when it really becomes special. So the first thing that comes to my mind now is how do you make money? How does Startup League make money if it's giving right. money away? <laughs> that's a fantastic <laughs> question. Always like the big elephant in the room whenever we tell them that, or when we, whenever we share that there are cash prizes being rewarded. Okay, so um, in the world of competitive team sports today, uh, the, the greatest cost um, or the greatest revenue uh, opportunity is in sponsorship. And so what we've effectively done is replace sponsorship um, in its more traditional sense and allow for brands to advertise on the platform. We've taken that advertising money and, uh, and instead of pocketing it ourselves, we are returning it to the students who, uh, t- who intentionally uh, made that exchange, who committed to that exchange with the brands uh, for the opportunity to not just learn about greater problem solving, but be rewarded for it. And and I'm sure somewhere along there, there's a percentage that needs to stay for you and your team. Is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've always been of the mindset uh, that uh, when you do good, you can also uh, be profitable. <laughs> I yes, think in yes. order to sustain influence and impact in the world, you also have to be able to sustain um, and influence within a business. Yes. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And, you know, I want to I want to reemphasize that point because there's a lot of people that feel that that if you're a uh, you know, if you're if you're working a business model like you're working it and it, you know very much a social enterprise right. that no, no, you can't make money. Oh, no, you need to starve yourself while you're doing it. And of right. course not. Everybody. It, the fact is money is needed in order to sustain ourselves in the type of world that we live in. Right. So I'm glad that you're reinforcing 
course you make you make a space for that while still fulfilling what you need in uh, as as a social enterprise. So I think that's very very cool. Now uh, I'm in my fifties. Can uh, what happens if I want to go play in a startup league? <laughs> so you are welcome to play. Unfortunately, you will not be able to compete for the cash. Uh, ah. <laughs> as a by design, uh, the students require a coach in the school to authenticate that they belong to a high school. I mean, what we often find is that there will be adults who would like to participate. Uh, but of course. also as a function of the game being crowdsourced uh, in terms of the best response, um, uh. students are sort of self-correcting and uh, policing the game themselves. So they'll really quickly identify uh, if you are not uh, a student. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, and it goes the other way around because, you know, older, I, I know, I, I, I hate to use the word adults because, you know, the, the, the other day I heard a, a, a reference to a category of people called seniors. And these are people <laughs> in their 60s who want to act like teenagers. So it's, it's not, just because we're adults doesn't mean that we, uh, we, we can't play and have fun. And uh, so, of course, we want to break all the rules and come in and play in your playground. You guys are having fun right, with that. Right, right. Makes perfect sense. Um, I've got a question around ProtoHack. Um, first of all, uh, and that was the uh, the company that you previously co-founded yeah. and were president of. Um, can you talk to us about that education company? Yeah, so uh, I guess it, it'll help to provide some color and context on my history. I, you know, traditional education route, went into uh, do my undergrad at UBC, went to U of T mm-hmm. to do law school, and. Uh, found this opportunity to explore entrepreneurship. I started my first business when I was 23. It was in sports and health uh, supplement nutrition. Uh, It was a retail business and uh, the, the business itself uh, grew. I was able to exit out of it. Um, but what it really taught me was that entrepreneurship was a career path that I could, could really explore. And I wanted to share that lesson with every person that I encountered. What we did at ProtoHack was uh, produce single day idea thongs where people like you and I, Rivers, who don't know how to code or program could come and take the ideas we had about problems we wanted to solve and bring it to life without any code and without any programming. So we really had this immersion mm. into innovation and technology. Um, but that, that experience with ProtoHack, having worked with 20,000 aspiring entrepreneurs and what I like to call now students from everywhere, uh, you know, in New Delhi and to New York, Sao Paulo to uh, San Francisco, like really taught us and cemented this uh, core why of teaching uh, instead of entrepreneurship, creative problem solving. Now, so many of the entrepreneurs we would encounter had these really fun, cool, fascinating ideas that they just weren't founded on solving any really important problem. And I think that comes back to our education system not preparing us with the type of education that would right. allow us to really think about things critically and creatively. So does the education system look at you uh, like some of the politicians are looking at Greta Thunberg now <laughs> with her climate crisis, climate um, uh, journey that she's on for, for climate change right. and say, wait a minute, Annie, what are you doing? You're messing in my space. Did you ever get pushed back from the education system because they were threatened? You know what? I We've been working with thousands of educators, schools, and students this past year and a half to develop Startup League uh, into what it is today. And I have to say, um, I am surprised that 
there hasn't been any pushback at all. I think like what we've done is develop this relationship where we're learning constantly about what the challenges of their work are and what goals they're trying to achieve. And so what we built is something that makes their jobs easier, you know, as a solution that's Uh, uh. after class, you know, it's sort of like, um, all that we really do inside the classroom rivers is we provide them with the resources to practice the game. Okay. If if they choose to practice, then that's awesome. Uh, they can also integrate components of curriculum, you know, social studies, content, uh, science, content, language arts, content into the games and practice it as a collective. And then the students make the decision on their own after class at three 30 Pacific standard time to play on startup league and what they do with that money goes back to the school and goes back into their own hands. So it's really sort of two, two things at once. There's a lot of independence. Um, and empowerment to the students. Uh, so teachers don't have added curriculum onto their plate. They don't have more jobs to fulfill when they do already a thousand different things. And uh, we're not trying to, yeah, I say this and I, I say this with all due respect, but like in my lifetime, I'm never going to be able to change the infrastructure that the government's put in place for us. It's an impossibility. Mm-hmm. So my influence on the world today and in education will be from the outside in. Love it. You zag when everybody else is zigging. That's exactly. exactly how you win in the game. <laughs> so, um, does uh, um, from from what I, what I'm interested in because you still have to get inside. Can you talk to us about the first six months of Startup League and what you did as a startup with the name Start? And again, I promised you I'll get back to that name. Okay. Um, but the 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 pieces. How did you? How did you? What you do to that first six months to get your tribe put together uh, that you could ultimately begin this journey with Startup League? Right. I think the first thing was to talk to all of the stakeholders. You know, we think about um, who is involved here. It's uh, teachers, students, and then schools. And so what I did, I mean, in my lifetime, I think if I can compliment myself on anything, it's like writing really effective cold emails. Uh, And Mm. so in the title, I just wrote uh, empowering student creativity or empowering creative problem solving and sent it out to every single email address you know, that I could find for an educator in British Columbia in New York and California, where we were situated at the time. Um, Annie, did you spam people? I just, you know, I figured out a way to <laughs> yes, you did. I love it. reverse engineer <laughs> email <laughs> domains. So. <laughs> I love it. And I you know, yeah. the people who respond to that subject line, they're your people. Like there's something about that resonates with them. And so that was my first foot in. Um, leveraging the relationships that we had developed with ProtoHack was another. And so we had like two yes, years of worth of a black book uh, in, in terms of educational partners that we could sort of, um, you know, navigate through. But beyond that, yeah, the, the cold email is so undervalued and so underappreciated in today's society. <laughs> so that was the first. And then working directly with the students and the teachers that would invite us into the classrooms to talk about like how creative problem solving is taught today, how they interpret the word empathy and curiosity and what would start off as a piece and a piece of paper and pen um, would evolve into a uh, hand-drawn wireframe, um, a analog prototype. We would then introduce an Instagram game beta and then the web app. So it's, it's evolved progressively and all along the process, we've included the stakeholders that are the most important here, which are students and teachers. 
Love it. You keep involving them. Exactly. Exactly. With the Startup League, how many um, subscribers do you have now? Yeah. So we launched our beta 90 days ago. And as of today, we have a total active users of over 52,000. <laughs> I love it. It's wild. I love it. Yeah, it is wild. And what's the, what have been the challenges over the 90 days? Oh, man. Uh, the challenges are like, uh, they're they're exponential and they're and so diverse. So um, mm. number one, I'm in the middle of a seed raise. Uh, so I launched our um, 1.5 million dollar dollar raise on Monday. I actually just yeah. got our first uh, money in committed on Wednesday, and we should have a lead Congrats. next week. So that that's been really challenging to navigate the different um, goals that we have going on during this launch time. Uh, number two, of course, is scalability. The team is uh, three or two, two and a half developers. We have one that's part time. Um, and then myself and Roxana, who are both non technical founders. Uh, so while Rux is out working with more schools, hosting workshops, and onboarding more students and finalizing more partnerships, um, one of them of which is the National Association of State Student Councils, which we are, uh, we just finalized also this week, which is super exciting. They have uh, mm. 20,000 membership schools across the US. Um, yes. You know, there's this small development team that we have that's just like feverishly working away, trying to continue to build and um, yeah, build this thing so we can continue to scale it across all of the users that Rex is doing such an incredible job of reaching. Well, and you, uh, if, if I don't, I know you remembered that when I said in the bio, but for the folks that are listening in, you know, with ProtoHack, you uh, you scaled that into thirty cities around the world. Are you gonna Are you gonna emulate? The, are you gonna copy, uh, uh, duplicate that that's that 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 strategy that you had for ProtoHack into uh, what you're doing with the uh, with Startup League? Yeah, my intention for global reach has always been from day one. Um, has been, you know, defined and articulated from day one. Uh, this type of learning, you know, empowering more students to think creatively and critically isn't something limited to North America or Western culture. I, you know, I, as I shared at the beginning of the show, like my moment uh, of change and inspiration really came back, came, came to a time, uh, came when I was, uh, you know, visiting and traveling my family in Vietnam, Um and we talk about this uh, a little bit also throughout the show uh, around sort of like this poverty mindset. Um, I feel like uh, more of these types of resources need to be available and accessible to students uh, in the most challenged places in the world. And that's in large part why we've decided to reward students with cash prizes. Um, you know, the, 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 the takeaway that we get from speaking to students like time and time again, irrespective of where they're from in the world is that the greatest learning and the most enjoyable learning happens in their extracurricular activities, the, the stuff that happens after school. Right. But you know, this stuff is only getting more expensive. And so when I started with poverty mindset, it's this like negative cycle where students from underprivileged communities can't afford this stuff. So they'll never get to learn this stuff. So they don't get to pad their resumes and their college applications with this stuff. And so they continue right. to stay in the same space. And so everything that we do is about um, amplifying the creative problem solving experience, that collaborative creative problem solving ability being learned in fun and play. Um, while empowering the students with money, like, come on, what, what beats cash? Yeah, totally. Well, and that's, you know, when you think of poverty and people helping 
the impoverished. Uh, we naturally go to, well, only the nonprofit world can really do that. Right. How do you address that, 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 that poverty mindset and building a social enterprise that's, that's obviously for profit? Right. So there's a, a, a number of different answers I give depending on who I'm talking to. But I, I think the most real one here is um, as a scalable, successful business, I will have more resources to reach uh, and change the lives of so many more students. So uh, I, I think it's crazy that I kind of have this I think it's crazy that people still look at us and say, like, how much what percentage of the prize money are you giving away to students? Why isn't it 99%? And I think to myself, yes, exactly. Like, okay, sure, then I'll be a much smaller business and be able to empower much fewer students. I think, like, um, the expectation that for good can't be for profit is just crazy to me and wild. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm grateful that there are enough people in the world who's, who, who understand that um, big businesses uh, mean big Im- impact. Yeah, I well, I'm I'm on your side with that. I actually wish we could eliminate the word nonprofit from our vocabulary right. because what happens is is that beggar mentality comes into play exactly. in these bus- businesses who are going to trying to do good, but all they think about is just bullathons and golf tournaments right. and, uh, and and begging for money right. from the same piece of pie rather than pursue innovation, which you have. And uh, yeah, share fifty percent, but fifty percent of a billion is a lot better than fifty percent of ten thousand dollars so um i love that one i love that you're being challenged with that and two i love that you're passionate about the the path you're on that you say yeah of course we're being a for for a poor a profit where where else are you going to create the impact exactly and so good for you to do that i i was um i've been watching the netflix uh, show inside bill's brain right. bill gates and you know they're one of the richest guys in the planet right That guy is so, so much making an impact with all the gazillions that he has. uh, And uh, and he did it off of a for-profit model, which we need to to embrace. Okay, Startup League. Let's how why that name? Right. (laughs) Okay, so uh, as I had shared in building ProtoHack, I thought that my life's mission was to teach every single person I knew about entrepreneurship. Right. And so building a startup was the my foray into uh, entrepreneurship. And I felt like the whole world had this um, had this belief embedded into us that like the entrepreneurial mindset is exactly what we want to prepare our our children for, uh, prepare our children with. That's what was being rewarded and celebrated. Um, and I, I couldn't agree more. But what is lacking here is, uh, I think, the vocabulary, the nomenclature. Uh, it's not about entrepreneurship. It's about the grit, the perseverance, the dedication, the uh, critical mm-hmm. thinking, the creative problem solving. So there are all these different characteristics and facets of being an entrepreneur or having an entrepreneurial mindset that I think starts with startups. Like I got to witness uh, designers who never thought that they could pitch uh, a product. I got to talk to entrepreneurs who never knew that they could wireframe a product together. Um, You know, really quiet, shy developers who would go out into um, the streets and ask um, like market research questions. And so 
that is it. Like it's a whatever you got to do to succeed mentality, whatever you got to do to solve the problem mentality that is so core to startups. Uh, and then of course the league, it's about like team competition rewards. And so all of those things together, uh, it just seemed like a natural fit. Yeah, I love it. And what's the uh, what's the website address? It's startupleague.io. And what does IO mean for those of us that uh, might not know? Uh, you know what? I actually don't know, but I know it's a oh, domain. Andy. <laughs> it's a domain. I think it's it's something to do with internet of maybe it's of all things, but it it is a reference to internet. Gotcha. Internet at some at some level, but uh, learning something new every day. <laughs> yes. Well, you're gonna go check that out, but I I I think I think it's cool the dot ios. I really love them. I love the fact that all these uh, all these uh, suffix suffixes. That's the blast of the other end, isn't it? Yeah. Not the prefix, the suffix is uh, are all coming out. It's kind of like Maple Street, Maple Road, Maple Lane, <laughs> and so on. It's so cool. So uh, um, before we uh, sign off, and uh, I knew this was going to be a firepower conversation, and it is, and congratulations to you and your team Thank for you so what much. it is you're doing. I, I love that you've also referenced the fact you're a small team. You know, other people looking into this who say, oh, my gosh, you know, you must have to have billions with, you know, buildings full of people. No, no. you're just, uh, you know, was it five people, four people? There's five of us, doing, yeah. Yeah, five of you that are being driven by a passion i'm sure for most part but second of all with uh, with the hey let's go on a cool journey together and and yes make impact but yes also make some money along the way and i think that's cool so right. how um, how do we how do we get in touch with uh, with first of all you are you on linkedin i am on linkedin i'm on twitter at a n n e e n g o my full legal name i don't know why i did that but there it is <laughs> <laughs> well it works and uh what about uh, startup league because you're gonna have uh, high school students who listen to the startup canada podcast how can they get into the league yeah if you're an educator a parent an aunt to a high school student you know connected to some high school student in any way that you think would appreciate love and enjoy startup league uh, the best place to go is startupleague.io and register a team love it love it and how many people are on a team uh, up to four and you can be a part of multiple teams and that's where the coach comes into play is someone within the school verifies that they're high school students and so here's a question for you how do you verify that the coach is from the high school not from some adult club somewhere right so we are intentionally our uh, very deliberately connecting with schools to determine uh, which teachers belong to those schools. Uh, and yes. every educator email address should have a .edu or some uh, form. Yeah, we we got to keep it tight. Yeah, well, that's great, cool. and I love it. I mean, you've you've made a promise to your constituents, to your to your uh, your avatars, and you've got to make sure that you're respectful of that. So I think that that's only fair. Um, what do you do in your spare time, and what do your mom and dad now think of the rebel Annie? Uh, okay, so, uh, my spare time is mostly hiking when it's not raining in Vancouver. Yes. Uh, I know. I, I love sushi. I don't know. I'm just such a Vancouver basic person. Like I do everything that a Vancouverite <laughs> does. I have like matcha lattes with oat milk. Uh, nice. I, right now I just like to be horizontal because work, yeah. <laughs> work is all encompassing and you know, it's, it's such a joy. I love every day of my job. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, whenever I can, I'm just horizontal with some sort of latte on my stomach. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. That's cool. What's your favorite book you've ever read? 
Oh my gosh. Okay. So the one I'm reading now, um, I always, it's the one I'm reading now is always going to be my favorite, but yeah, the, the empathy edge. Oh, uh, so just cool. incredible. Yeah. But the previous to that, Give it, what's the empathy edge? Uh, give us the premise behind it. Yeah. So I, I forget her name now, but she's a, a speaker on Ted and, uh, like initially launched uh, her, her her stardom on TED as a function of uh, a speak around vulnerability. And uh, the empathy edge is really about leadership and how that's so, the, the most core piece to it is actually this balance or this understanding that in vulnerability is a lot of courage. Um, uh, yeah, and uh. so to be courage is to be vulnerable, which is such a beautiful, beautiful thing. And to approach every situation, every interaction, um, every problem with empathy. Um, I didn't think of this question until right now, uh, as was, as this conversation is happening, we're about five days away, actually three days away where we're going to have our election. Right, in Canada. Right. We're going to choose a new prime minister. And here we go out of the blue comes this new party called the startup league. <laughs> and Annie no is running. She's the leader of the startup <laughs> league and she's coming into this because she's tired that no one's talking about how entrepreneurs can really save and best contribute to Canada. So if you, if you're not sorry, if now that you're in the race, when you become prime minister on Monday, what's the first thing you're going to do to really, really make impact for entrepreneurs across the country? Oh, this is going to be such an unpopular answer and I'm going to get reamed for it. Okay. But (laughs) I'm going to take, I'm going to actually, okay. So let me back this up a little bit, but it'll be quick. Um, okay. I think we are as a society, always one generation behind in terms of revolutions. Okay. And so what I mean mm-hmm. by that is, uh, in a time when manufacturing was so very robust, it came and went, um, when it went, we started to provide vocational training vocational education, right? So then we didn't need that anymore. Um, And that was happening while there was a technical revolution, technological Mm. revolution behind us. And only now, as the technical revolution is passing us, are we preparing our students with Mm. STEAM education? Like, I truly believe that we are in the midst of something called an empathy revolution, where only the most creative, the critical thinkers of the world that will truly be the salvation of our humanity, that make us distinct and different from the machines, you know, uh, I think that's really fundamental to our education today. And so I think it's a disfavor that the government and so many different organizations think it's, it's an easy, quick fix solution to throw the the title steam or STEM on programs Mm, mm. just to indicate that they're doing something important for our society when really we're already so far behind. Uh, So I want them to, I want to challenge everybody to think, a little more critically about what that next generation or the next revolution is that our generation is not currently being prepared for. And I'm going to make the case that my thesis has always been that it's about the empathy revolution, you know, automation and artificial intelligence. It's immediately in front of us. Um, Like even Jack Ma of Alibaba, who's one of our greatest contributors to technology in this generation, um, like warned us of the World Economic Forum last year that everything we teach must be different from the machines. So uh, I want to get back to uh, a more, yeah, empathetic, uh, creative, critical way of thinking. I'm so glad you're in the race. My, my, <laughs> my, 
my my vote is for you, Prime Minister. No, I think it's going to be a wonderful journey the next four years with your mandate. It's been a lot of fun, Annie. You you are a rock star on so many different levels, and all of them are in the stratosphere. Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for all you're doing for entrepreneurs, and uh, and keep on doing your magic. It's pretty special. Thank you so much. It's been my honor, Rivers. Have a great day. Okay. Take care. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett leaving you with the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. 